I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Surfcast, Mobile Surf's Canadian tech-focused podcast. This week, it's the Brad Bennett Show. We have a few topics we're going to cover. There's the New York Auto Show, a fancy new BMW that Brad's been hanging out in, pretending he's an executive, the OnePlus 10 Pro, and last and certainly least as far as I'm concerned, the Nothing Earbuds, which he finally got his hands on. Um, I'm going to get him to talk about how hard that was. <laughs> but I'm Patrick O'Rourke, and Brad Bennett, a man who refers to himself as the bad boy of tech, he's across the internet for me, but he is in our office. I'm not. I'm at home still, but he's in the office. How are you doing, Brad? I'm doing good. This is the uh, Mobile Surf office. This is a conference room. It's called LA, but it is still in Toronto. And uh, this room is red, just like Mobile Surf. You know, we bleed red over here. I feel like maybe you might be able to see a bit of the reflection on my laptop lid. I can there. see it. I this can. Is a, this is a red room. Oh, wait. I'll have this thing. What is that? Like a coaster? It yeah, looks like, like a cozy, a, like a tea a cozy big, or something. A big red coaster. Yeah. <laughs> And what's, what's behind you? Is this cell tower or the CN tower? I can't tell. Yeah, I wish it was the CN tower. Actually, the bottom chunk of it over there, the thicker thicker part yeah. right there, that's a Budweiser ad. And I believe it is attached to a cell tower. And there is another cell tower right behind this post. Is that BMO well. Field? Yeah, um, no, that orange, like, sort of red thing there is like a, a self-storage thing, I think. Oh, okay. Um, but BMO Field is, is right there. It, it would be in my shot if I would have, like, sort of set up the lighting correctly on me from this window but we're here now and we're just loving it <laughs> as much as i'd like to just talk about the things behind us for the rest of the podcast we have several things that we're going to go over um i guess first let's talk about the new york auto show you were there for a couple days not the whole show right just the first few days well just the first day of it yeah like alex and i were in new york for three days but only one day at the auto show and one day at the bmw event and one day of just like travel slash doing some touristy stuff um, so uh, to kick it off, like, what is the auto show? Like I've been to countless tech events. I've been to actually, I have, I was going to say I've been to IO. I've never been to IO. It's like the one mm -hmm. event I've never been to. <laughs> been to WWDC, E3, all of that stuff. Like, is that just, is the auto show just that for, for cars? Uh, basically, and it actually is in the same way that those trade shows are getting more and more lackluster every year. I think the same thing is kind of happening with the auto show. You know, people are starting to hold their own events. Um, but yeah, basically giant like warehouse slash convention center. I don't know why I called it a warehouse. It's a convention center, but it's like rented out and it's just like stuffed to the brim with all of the new cars that are coming out this year. There's some vintage cars. It's actually pretty cool. Um, and this year in particular, a lot of EVs plus a new company actually using the water bottle as a mic holder, but a new company called VinFast and, uh, they were pretty cool. That was probably one of my like standouts of the show that, and, um, Subaru had a treehouse built at their booth. So that was fun as well. So VinFast, what what is VinFast? Like I I know what it is. I'm playing I'm playing Mr. Dumb podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. host. But tell 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 the listeners what VinFast is because it 
when I read your feature, I was like, this sounds really cool, but I also feel like this vehicle will never come out or these vehicles will never come out. Yeah, that's the that's the hard part with any new EVs. I mean, I didn't believe that the Lucid Air was going to come out for a long, long time. I was like, that's just never coming out. And same with like Rivian and a lot of these like EV startups. Rivian, yeah. um, there's one called Canoe right now that seems to be very in a similar like, you know, might come out, might not. But VinFast had a very legit presence at the auto show. You know, there were some other like indie automakers. There was one literally called Indie EV and it was like, very clearly, I'm never thinking that that car is coming out. Maybe it will, like gaming PC of cars, but I don't think so. But like VinFast felt very legit. It felt like a, a real automaker. The cars themselves reminded me a, like a little bit of Mazda, um, but the presence itself at the show was quite big. There was a few the Vietnam bigger... based? Yes. Yeah, that's what I was going to get into next. So they're based out of Vietnam and... I don't remember what year exactly, but they used to retool old BMWs and then they work with an Italian design firm. So they're basically putting like their own tops on top of BMW bodies and reselling those as like VinFast cars legally. Like it was a legal like license, the way to get like BMWs into Vietnam. They're like a licensed manufacturer sort of deal. Yeah, but they were putting like their own kind of logo on it. And I think they were doing something similar with a GM car or a GM factory producing like VinFast cars in Vietnam. Um, and then this, the three cars I saw, I saw at the auto show, uh, the VF6, VF7, or no, VF6, VF8, VF9, or VF789, something like that, um, with the 8 and the 9 coming out potentially uh, at the end of this year or the start of next year. And those cars have like been, they were drivable at the show. I didn't get to drive them myself, but I got to drive in them. Um, and there was also like looking up those press flew to Vietnam a few months ago to do the first drive with them. And they had a presence at CES as well. So it seems like they're really making moves this year to go global. And that, that actually is the funnest aspect of it. Um, you know, when you think about automakers, you think a lot about, well, North America, we think a lot about like GM and Ford and uh, probably Toyota at this point, Honda, like those Japanese companies as well. But like originally you know that just was north american companies dodge cheap like those ones um but in the 50s you know japanese automakers started to spread into north america and now they're very big here obviously mazda toyota honda um and i think with the electric revolution we have enough of a shakeup in the market that a vietnamese automaker like vinfast with enough like corporate backing and you know a good enough product could actually make a splash in the global market it's pretty exciting for this electric shakeup to allow for those things to happen because it's been I don't want to say a monopoly, but, you know, car, the big players in the car industry haven't changed in a long time until Tesla came around. I haven't thought about it that way before, but that's an interesting perspective. Like you're even starting to see it with the established manufacturers coming out with cars that are very different than anything they've they've done before. I know that's different than what you're saying, but in a sense, it's still shaking up the industry in, 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 in the same way, but also in a different way. When we get into talking about BMW later in the show, we'll kind of see how it's like not shaking it up as much. Like they're still doing EVs, but they're not changing their strategy very much. But yeah, when you look at Ford with the Mustang Mach-E, like the way they developed that car was they like took a team at Ford, they isolated them at their own building, their own campus. And they were like, you guys are a startup within Ford, build us the coolest electric car you can. And they ended up doing it in two years instead of four years, like a car at Ford usually takes. And, you know, even those shakeups within those companies are really exciting, like you said. Yeah. And plus we get cool cars. Well, not cool to everyone, but I still think very unique cars like the electric Mustang come out of it. And I think that's 
that's a, a good thing. You know, cars like the Mach-E or the Ionic 5, these like cars that have been purely designed to be electric and to be eye-catching, I think are really, really exciting right now. There's an electric Corvette coming too, right? We wrote about that. Yeah, I read about that yesterday. They like hinted at it a few years ago. They uh, trademarked E-Ray, like yep. short form for Stingray, which is like the original Corvettes were Corvette Stingrays. Um, so I kind of had this like hope in my heart that the next electric Corvette or the first electric Corvette, I guess, would be like a vintage design and look like the old Corvette Stingrays, you know, two door, really, really small. That would be because sick. You could do a smaller Corvette and still have all the power of a big Corvette right now because of electric torque, right? And like, it would just be so cool and so classic. And like, um, Ford has that retro EV truck they're kind of showing off. They're not actually yep. going to produce it, but they're like showing it off being like, yo, you could retool like vintage cars to be electric. So it would have been really fun for GM to sort of like hit the middle with a new car that would like look vintage, but was electric. I think that would be super fun. And like a Corvette is like a, a fun driver's car anyway. So why not have fun with it? But it seems like from the uh, the teasers that they've shown off that it's just going to be kind of like a more standard looking modern Corvette, which is still a very a very sexy car. There's no denying it. But yeah, it seems like that might happen. And that's not, it seems like that might happen in the next two to three years. They're like talking about electrifying the Corvette, which I think they're just talking about like doing hybrid turbos or electric turbos or some sort of like hybrid version. Um, and then a fully electric version will come after that. So who knows how long that will take. I wouldn't hold your breath for an electric Corvette. So before we move on to talk about the BMW, I have a last like kind of inside baseball question. I've never really done any car reporting um, beyond like, I can't remember. I had like vroom, this vroom, big, big, there was, um, uh, I don't know. It was like some big SUV that I had very briefly to like test out like a ways integration. You had or a, something. a leaf as well at one point. Yeah, no, I did. Yeah. I did have a leaf that, that was a story I did like the leaf was your ago, big like, moment. Yeah. That was fun. That was, so I have done a little bit of it, but I've never attended an event when, yeah. when I like think of car events, what I imagine is like, a bunch of old white dudes with like uh, t-shirts on, but like blazers over top of them. That's what I imagine. Just like everybody in the space being is, is and then like being like kind of fancy, but like faux fancy at the same time. Is that no. what like a car sort of tech conference kind of thing is? No, I feel like that's like the fanciest version of like a tech conference. You know, like when you get the nerds together, you're getting blazers and t-shirts, but the car guys are wearing like real suits and, and dress real suits. Okay. Them. Uh, the, well, there's the odd blazer, um, but I feel like it's a little more, you know, dress shirts for sure. I wore, like, I, I pretty much just wear this jean shirt all the time, and I had it, like, buttoned up. If you're watching video, you can see. And my hair wasn't cut at that point, though, so it was pretty rough. I was standing out. <laughs> um, but, yeah, usually the car the car, um, the car, car reporting trips generally, yeah, they're in, like, nicer hotels. They're nicer boardrooms. Like, everyone's dressed up. It's, you know, nicer, like, spread of food, like, floating around, very, like, um, yeah, just just the prime the prime cuts. Um, no, but the the car companies generally, I would say, like Apple Apple almost plays at this level a little bit, you know, being a big dog. But I think the car companies are very very like big dog esque, and a lot of the journalists and stuff are wearing suits and stuff. I mean, you have to be watching the video thing for this, but I've been like looking kind of absentmindedly. You can tell I'm wearing uh, burgundy pants. But I'm looking for like a full burgundy suit, maybe for my next like outing as the well, because everyone was wearing navy blue suits except for the dude. So this is my experience at the BMW event. But like, um, 
so all the all the seats in the front row were, were reserved except for two right at the end and i was like well i'm not gonna sit in the back row like a they weren't letting us take pictures but i was like well i'm here to see the car like i want to sit in the front row um so we sat in the two not reserved seats in the front row but all the reserved seats are for like the heads of bmw's various departments so we ended up like alex and i ended up sitting beside like the head of design and he was wearing like a white and blue checkerboard suit, but very small checkers. And it was so cool, like heavy, heavy texture, really, really nice. And um, everybody else was just wearing navy blue suits. And like generally when I go to events, it's a lot of navy blue and black suits. I mean, if you've been anywhere where people are wearing suits, that's like the norm. So I really, really want something to like stand out, like a nice burgundy or bright red suit or something funny where it's like so looking so nice. Um, but very much it's just like, who's that guy? He's the Canadian guy. He's the mobile syrup guy. He's wearing bright red. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, let's talk about the BMW. My my first question, is it the <clears throat> IX, the 9? How, how do I say the name of this vehicle? The uh, the one that I reviewed or the one that I went and saw? The other one I reviewed. Okay, yeah, it's just the, the IX. Oh, yeah, like IX technically would be 9 in Roman numerals. Do you know what I mean? Is, yeah, yeah. is it IX? Yeah, it's IX. Okay, so the naming scheme is actually pretty ridiculous. So, like, they've had a bunch of I cars before. Like, even the one I saw was an I7. Like, all the electric cars start with I, you know. I don't know if Tim Cook is, like, paying them to do that. But so they're just starting all their electric car names with I. Like, I7, I3. The iWatch. <laughs> the iPod. The iPod on wheels. Um, but they start them all with I and then a number. So, I thought this was the I10. And I asked him, I was like, oh, like, so this is the I10, right? Because every single one, like I seven, I three, I four, and no, it's it's legit just called the IX. So I don't know if the X still, even within that branding, is supposed to signify ten because everyone else is an I and a number. Um, but yeah, now you're even saying you're right, like IX in full Roman numerals outside of BMW branding would just be nine. So yeah, it's that, that's what I was imagining. I was like thinking Final Fantasy, and yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to call this car. But no, for so sure. there's there's two stories I know that you've done, like. I guess first talk about the vehicle that you went specifically to the auto show to, to see the BMW, that BMW. Yeah, I think we lead out of that one. But um, that one was called the i7, and it was just the new BMW 7 Series, which is kind of like their luxury sedan, kind of the car that still in BMW, so I'm expecting it to be fun to drive. We didn't get to drive them yet. We just sat in them. Um, but still expecting it to be very fun to drive, especially because it's electric with all that horsepower. But it's kind of one of those luxury cars where you're meant to be in the back seat with someone else driving you around kind of thing. You know, it's like 150000 kind of dollar base level, a luxury, very luxury car. Um, and there's two versions. There's an electric one and a gas one. And they're basically the same other than one is gas and one is electric. So the range is different and the horsepower differs and all that stuff. Um, but the design is the same. And that's the part that I was kind of talking about earlier where yep. I alluded to like BMW not necessarily pushing things forward as much because, yes, they're making great electric cars. The iX that I reviewed and this i7 seem fantastic. They have decent range, lots of horsepower, lots of torque. I'm, the iX drove really great like an EV. Um, but they're not designed to be like standout EVs in the way like the Ionic 5 or the Mustang was. They're meant to just sort of like blend into BMW's lineup so when you walk into a BMW dealership, you're like, oh, I want this car. And they go, well, would you like it in electric or gas? Which is a cool difference? strategy. Um, about like 50K. At this, at this between, level. Between electric and gas? Well, I think for the i7 specifically. For the i7, okay. Because that's like the luxury, luxury car. Maybe it's less than 50K, but it's, it's a decent amount. Um, between like the iX and like the latest like BMW M series or 
I forget what it's called, but the latest other SUV. The iX, we should mention, is an SUV, and the i7 is more of a sedan. Yep. Um, but in the SUV class, I think the differences in price are less drastic. Um, but also the iX is a very like high-end SUV as well. I think they'll start to trickle down through their lineup with more like base level stuff. But um, yeah, their their strategy is more like we kind of have, you know, these are cars. You, you can get them electric, you can get them gas, and it's kind of the same car either way. The electric one is going to be quieter. It's going to be you know, a lower center of gravity. It's going to have that really fun EV punch. Um, but that's really the only difference. You know, the electric one doesn't have a front trunk. Uh, the iX has a very flat for, floor, which is kind of like an EV thing, which is nice. But the i7 still has like an exhaust tunnel. So it's kind of weird not to have a fully flat for, floor in the back of that one. Um, none of them have 120 volt like standard wall outlets inside them, which is a thing a lot of EVs are starting to do, which is really fun. Um, you know, so they're like very modern cars. They're amazing, and like the back seat of the i7 is like, I would live there. I saw the pictures. So comfy, like that you can't even understand how comfy. It's like, oof, and you're just like in it, and then it like heats up, and the massage comes on, and then like a 31 inch TV just like drops down in front of you and I- starts playing. Prime That's video what I was going to ask you. Like, so you had a bit of a funny story that you told me about the TV. And what it's powered by, it's like maybe not what you would expect in like a high-end $150,000 vehicle. Yeah, so this is kind of like an interesting dynamic between um, the tech world and the auto world, which are what I would call for most circumstances a little more old-fashioned. And I'm not necessarily saying this is right or wrong. Fire TV is fine. It works. It gets gets the job done. And this was likely like a boardroom decision. Um, but yeah, it, that TV that I was mentioning, the 31 inch TV in the back runs fire TV OS, which is like in the tech world, we associate it with like budget TVs. Um, you know, like you'd walk into Best Buy, you buy like an insignia set. It literally is a budget operating system. It's featured on lower end televisions that don't have their own like OS. Like, you know, fire TVs cost like 30 to $60 unless you buy like the more expensive cube one. That's also an Alexa. Like, yeah, they're. They're a budget option. So having that in the back of your $150,000 BMW seemed like a bit of a boardroom play, you know, which and also is annoying because I, I'm not sure for certain, but I'm like pretty sure every time I've seen Tim Cook pictures of him driving a car or like driving into Apple at the sort of like events, it's in a BMW. So I like to think that Tim Cook is probably going to be driving this like i7 BMW, especially now that it's electric, which seems like a whole Tim Cook move. Get the guy Apple TV in there. Like BMW Just is always on Apple stage. Yeah, you you can technically. So you would have to get a twelve volt a twelve volt converter to go from like the sort of cigarette jack in the car because there's no one hundred twenty volts like I wanted. But there is an HDMI port on the back of the TV, which is so you could plug anything in you wanted. Um, <clears throat> you just powering it is the problem. But yeah, Tim yeah. Cook is probably going to be driving this BMW at Apple events. It's always like, oh, we partnered with BMW to get like car key working, and we partnered with it's BMW true. to You're get right, like yeah. Apple Music in cars. Like they're always partnering with BMW. How come BMW couldn't get like Apple TV, which this is just like me sitting on like this high horse of like ranking like the luxury of TVOS operating systems. I don't even know if that really matters to anyone else. But yeah, it'd be like Apple TV is the premium version. And then like everyone else is just below that considerably. Maybe Android TV kind of looks okay, but my experience with the Chromecast has been a bit of a buggy mess. So that's not getting very highly ranked. You know, Prime TV is full of ads and Roku just as good as it is, looks low budget, unfortunately. So, it, you know, at least Prime Video can masquerade as high end, I guess. But it's like annoying that Prime, or not Prime, but Fire TV is the OS running this TV. There's a couple of other things that I didn't talk to you about. It. Oh, sorry, you can ask questions, I guess. Oh, I was just oh. going to say, at some point, I'm going to write it. Like, 
it's interesting your ranking where you put the Apple TV at the top. I would agree with you. Um, it just because seems like I used the to, most care put into it. It does, yeah. Like apps, especially in Canada, streaming apps often come to it first. It has Wallpapers. the best app, app ecosystem, etc. But yeah. I have had a ton of issues with the Apple TV oh, over really? the last Recently? couple of months. Um, and I don't know if that's simply just because I'm on like a, I'm, I'm using the public beta, the public oh, beta maybe. versions of stuff. That could be part of it, come to think of it. But I have had a lot of issues where like it crashes um, or Apple TV plus, like the, the audio just gets out of sync with stuff. And this isn't something that I experienced like a couple of years ago when I first made the switch to Apple TV. That hurts because um, I yeah. generally rely on my Apple TV. I just have the 1080p one, but I generally rely on it um, to to be my like most reliable. If I'm like watching something on Roku and it's like the, th- the voices get unsunk, I'm just like, okay, screw this. I'm out. I'm just going to the Apple TV. I'm going to finish it there because yep. I know like it's always going to be good in there, especially with Plex. But uh, yeah, you're right. I guess that's not always the case. No, it, like it, it usually is. It, it's weird. It's like, I don't know. It's just been the last, the last couple of months I've had issues and it's often when I'm watching Apple TV plus content. Like Interesting. I, I had a problem with severance where like the thing just crashed while I was watching severance. And that's not mm. something that... I've encountered with an Apple TV before. Um, so I don't know if it's like a, a bit of a, a software issue. It's the fact that I'm running, I believe I'm running the public beta. I must mm-hmm. be on, at least on the one that I have upstairs. But yeah, like you, I use the Apple TV as my main my main streaming thing because well, it's always I, been reliable. I don't use that as my main. My main is still Roku because that's just what's built into my TV. And like I said, okay. my Apple TV is still only the 1080p one. I don't have a 4K one yet. Um, so I just use Roku because all the apps are there and usually they work. But yeah, whenever there's a problem, I bail Makes it sense. to the Apple TV and I'm just like, okay, I'll drop it down to 1080p and I was like, hope it works. Um, I was going to say, oh yeah, the last two things about the TV in the backseat of the BMW. So it's like on motors, it's always like above you if you're not using it, which is a bit odd. When it comes down, you can move it forward and like back so that you can get like depth in between you and the TV. There is a camera in the bottom bezel of the TV BMW didn't tell us anything about it and didn't mention what it was for. Uh, but I think that just means that there's potential for this TV to be used for video calls in the future, which okay. is actually pretty cool. I think like having like a dedicated video call screen in the back of your car is a very baller move. A Lincoln lawyer setup, if you will. Absolutely, a Lincoln lawyer setup. And the other thing about it that was weird, so it wasn't actually running Fire TV OS when we went hands-on with it. It was just running a demo loop. And within that loop, so this is like an 8K TV, and they call it 31 inches, but it's extremely wide. It's way wider than a traditional TV. It's not a 16 by 9 aspect ratio. I don't know what it would be. It'd be like, like a 20 by 9 or something? Yeah, no, even more, probably like 24 really? okay. by 9. Like it's really wide. And so when they had the demo playing, in the middle was Fire TV, and then on the sides were like, it's a touchscreen, and there were like, you know, climate controls and car controls for like the back seat. And if those stay up all the time, that'll be super annoying. So, But it also seems like you're either going to get those up or you're going to be playing your content and you're just going to have black bars on either side of this giant TV, like on the left and right, not on the top and bottom, which is just like, why did you put in such a wide TV? And also, just to like sort of round that out, you don't really need those climate control things on the touchscreen on the TV because each door also has a screen that's like as big as a phone, 5.5 inches, that does all that as well. So it's a little bit overkill. Watch- can you watch content on those? No, screens? those just control like climate control, the massage seats, That's what I recline. Uh, you can put up like all the stuff. But yeah, it'd be sick. They are like the size of a phone. So like running TikTok on there, just like. That's what I was imagining. Like, would be absolutely hilarious. TikTok. Yeah, <clears throat> that'd be really funny. Cool. Um, but yeah, um, that's basically is, it. 
Was there anything else you want to mention about the BMW or should we hit mm. the BMWs plural or should we hit the ad break and then talk about more uh, fun tech stuff? Oh, I guess I just should mention the iX a little bit. That one was really nice. I liked it. I think if you're like a, you know, suburban mom who's looking for an electric SUV and you've got like kind of some cash to spend, it was a really great car. I was just going to ask, like the one thing that caught my attention in your review was, and I had to ask you because I'd never heard the term before, was the kidney. I'd never oh, heard yeah. that. And, yeah. And, and that's the grill, obviously, right? Like you explained yep. that to me. Wasn't obvious to me. Um, but you wrote a lot about it with this particular mm. vehicle. You want to talk about that very briefly before we hit yeah. the break? Kind of across both of them. If you've looked at BMW's electric cars that they've been making lately, um, the grill has just been getting like bigger and bigger. Um, but it's not a real car grill. Like a traditional car grill has like a radiator behind it and like airflow is going through and it's like helping keep the engine cool and just like keeping everything, you know, airflow. And it makes sense. So you're driving, it's pushing air through. In an electric car, you don't need that because all the batteries on the floor. So some companies like Tesla just remove the grill altogether. Um, the electric Mustang has a fake one. Trying to think what else. The Ionic 5 has a bit of a fake one, but it's pretty yep. minimal. Um, but BMW still has fake ones, but instead of like shrinking them, it's just making them larger and more. Um, I guess their thinking would be they're making them more iconic, you know, more in your face, trying to like really sell that branding would be my my guess. Uh, but to me, it's a little much, and it took a lot of getting used to. And most people that I showed the pictures of the car to didn't like it. Um, it looked very abrasive to me in the photos. Yeah. Yeah, like specifically, stood out in a bad way. Yeah, I, I, I think over the week with the car, I got a little more used to it, and I didn't really mind it as much as I did off the hop. But yeah, it's it's big. It's like in the i7, so in the sedan, they have a fake grill, and they have a light around it, which is kind of interesting. Um, but the fake grill has like lines throughout it, so it looks kind of like a traditional BMW grill. So even though there is that like electric electrified kind of light around it, I think there is some light coming from behind the grill lines. It just looks more like a traditional car with the IX within the kidneys, which is like kind of an angular design in the shape of two kidneys. That's why they're called that. Um, but it's like little golden triangles that are just kind of like being dispersed throughout it. And it's, it's kind of interesting. They've, um, the kidneys like heat themselves. So snow melts off it because they've got like sensors and they keep like the radar for some of the lane assistance stuff hidden behind there. Um, so it's kind of like an interesting way to hide some of the tech in the car. Um, but I've just seen other companies do it more minimally and, and way better. And it's like, you sure, it's cool that you're hiding them in the kidneys, but the kidneys look like uh, real kidneys in a sense. And I don't know if that's necessarily perfect, you know? I'm going to uh, test drive a, on a totally other note. I'm going to test drive an Ionic 5 this weekend. I made, wow. made an appointment. You got one? Nice. Do you know what color it's going to be or like how long nah, it takes to order whatever. They, they only have one on the lot. I'm assuming it's like I the, hope it's the, the four, gray. four-wheel drive, gray, extended range yeah model i, I just want to try super it I, yeah no but for yeah, let's, sure let's hit the hit the ad break and then we'll talk about the one plus 10 pro there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, it's another year. 
another new one plus 10 smartphone more complaints from you yeah uh, we'll get into that but i guess just to <laughs> kick it off like what's actually different this year with the 10 pro um so we've got this green color you can see if you're watching the video but yeah it's a green color called emerald forest it's really nice the back is mostly matte i believe no matter what color you get it's all matte this year which is really nice um, the battery is improved. We got a really nice pictures of the phone in Bennett's review. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, if thanks, you, if I'll you take like that. If you if you want like a great look at what this thing looks like, because when I when I was editing your review, like it looks nice. Like to me, yeah. the phone looks visually really nice. But but yeah, continue. I agree. At first glance, I wasn't like super into it. I was like, oh, it's a big camera bump. But having it in my hand, the like dark black glass of the bump with the green of the phone, it's a really nice contrast. Really cool look. Um, but the battery life's a little bit better this year. The uh, Snapdragon 8 Gen 1 is here. Much like other phones, it has an adaptive refresh rate. They can go all the way down to 1 hertz this year. You know, saves a little more battery. doesn't make that much of a difference. Um, in China specifically, it has 80-watt fast charging, but the model in North America only has 65 watts, Why? which I'm not... I don't know if it's a regulatory issue or what. I'm not going to complain about it because, like, hmm. being able to charge up a full phone in, like, you know, 25 minutes is more than enough for me. You know what I mean? Like, it's... At, yeah. From 65 to 80 watts, I believe we're probably getting to that point of diminishing returns. Like, sure, charging a phone in 20 minutes is sick, but like, you know, getting to 80% in 20 minutes usually solves any problems that I would have, you know? Um, and then on top of that, the ultra wide lens is, or ultra wide sensor slash lens combo was changed this year. So instead of that, uh, I believe it was 48 megapixels last year, it was like a really flat, very like Hasselblad tuned ultra wide that was very much supposed to look like a real uh, 14 millimeter full frame equivalent lens, um, is kind of stepped back. They went to a different sensor this year. It's not nearly as good. I think in most circumstances, it's almost perfect. It's almost as, like not perfect, but almost the same as last year. So I don't think you'll notice it as much, um, but it's just disappointing to see that sort of step backwards. But they did do it for a purpose. So we don't have the like sort of perfect perfection that they were aiming for last year. But we do have a super wide, like 150 degree wide angle camera. And that one is like incredibly fun to use. It took me a while to like get over like, oh, this is a gimmick. And I'm mad that they got rid of my great ultra wide from last year that I loved. But once I started actually taking pictures with the 150 degree mode and getting these like, you know, bubbled out, like super wide uh, landscapes and stuff. Is that the is, like, super mode? fun. Sorry. No, the X-Pan mode is specifically something different. That just takes like a wide okay. shot, um, but that's basically just taking the main camera sensor. So like that, I want to say it's a 23 millimeter equivalent and just like cutting that in half basically, but like it's just cutting the middle out. So it's like a fake panorama. Got this it. 150 degree mode is like super wide, almost has like a fish eyeing effect around the edges of it. Like it looks very bubbled and there actually is an actual fish eye effect that you can use with it. So would I would everything I shoot just look like I'm in a Beastie Boys music video? Exactly, which okay. is, seems gimmicky at first, but no, when you neat. play I, with it, I it's really fun. Yeah. yeah, and like I, as a photographer last year with the really flat lens, I was like, oh, like I'm I'm into this, but I I kind of think I'm pretty sure I said this in my hands on my review, but I was like, I'm into this, but I think like OnePlus focusing on making the perfect lens isn't exactly what consumers want. I think consumers will be happier if they just have a lens that's more fun. And then this year we ended up with the 150 degree and yeah, it is a lot of fun. Like uh, every time I take a shot with it, it's like, that kind of looks sick. And yeah, exactly, exactly the Beastie Boys effect that I want. The only issue is 
you can't use that ultra wide mode in video, which would be awesome. I would be shooting really? the entire video like that. I would have done a Beastie Boys music video, but you can't use it in video unless you have screen a, record. A technical limitation of some kind. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting. So, like the way phones take pictures, like when you see the, um, what you call it, the preview on your screen, like that's technically a video. So the fact that like you can see a preview of the fisheye effect, it's like probably really hard to see. So they should can... be able to do it in theory. Yeah, I would think so, but yeah, something's holding it back. Um, there's all, I mean, it's it's all, with OnePlus, it's always software issues holding it back. So, so yeah, that leads it into this. Like even leading up to this phone's release, you've been pretty hard on several um, OnePlus like software releases. I guess. For people that don't read your content on the website, break that down. Like, what? Yeah, there's do a bit you, of a like, story there. Like, generally from your review, when I read it, I was like, okay, Bennett thinks that this is a solid smartphone held back by software issues. I guess what I'm really asking is like, break down what the core of these software problems are. Yeah, so um, I'll go back and do it as quick as I can. But starting in the uh, jump from Android 10 to 11. Um, OnePlus decided, like OnePlus used to be known for using stock Android. They basically looked like very stock Android all the time, and people really appreciated that. Um, but as Google started to pull the Pixel launcher further away from stock Android and One UI started to become good, OnePlus, I think, decided, and behind the scenes, OnePlus is getting closer to Oppo. I think the company decided, like, we need our own defining look. We need to compete with the Pixel launcher, okay. and compete with Samsung. And so they did that with Android 11. And I originally liked it. I got the beta. I used it for like a month. I wrote a review on it. And I was like, you know what? People are giving this some flack because it doesn't look like stock Android anymore. But I think for OnePlus as a company to step up, they need their own design. And I was really into that. And that was Android 11. Android 12 comes out and OnePlus is like, ha, ha, ha. We weren't actually making our own design. We were just getting ready to pull the wool over your guys' eyes and move completely over to Oppo's Color OS which is kind of what that old design looked like, the Android 11 one. So now in Android 12, they move all OnePlus users on modern phones, which at that point was basically just the OnePlus 9. This update didn't trickle back very far. I think it has now, but it took a really long time, which is a whole other issue. Um, but now in Android 12, we go from a cool OnePlus kind of tweak design. It was, you know, OnePlus had made it, so that seemed like they were building towards something to just here's color OS from Oppo. We bootleg attached like three OnePlus features into it pretty poorly and it's color OS. And I'm also like, okay, that was pretty annoying. Why did they do that switch to us? And B, I'm also just like, okay, that's fine. Like color OS looks pretty similar to what we just had. Maybe it'll fix a lot of the bugs we've always had with, with OnePlus phones, right? Because like I'm not against the design that much, but maybe we'll finally get through all of the bugs. Because OnePlus historically, for me at least, has been very, very buggy to the point where even in the early days it was too. Yeah, you know, it's like one of those phones where it's just like you're restarting the phone once a day to solve some sort of bug that you're gonna have. You know, maybe twice a week at, on a good week, but on a bad day three times a day. Like you know, you you can live through that, but it's annoying. But I was hoping as OnePlus gets closer and closer to Oppo that that was gonna get solved. It didn't. And the OnePlus 10 had a ton of issues. Like, I think it was, I like kept like a bug report as I was reviewing it. It's a big and section it, of your review where you like yeah. go into the many different times you've had to reset it or like 
you're about to go on a trip or something like that and you ran into an issue where I, I can't was it the camera wouldn't launch or something uh the camera wouldn't launch was one thing but yeah, yeah when i was like going to the airport like i had my airpods max on which like connecting airpods max to an android phone sure whatever but it's like you can do it it's just bluetooth headphones like it should yeah. work and i got connected i'm using it then all of a sudden i open instagram everything just craps out the phone is like glitching so it was my nightmare yeah, so I'm on my way to the airport at this point, right? I'm in the back of an Uber, like, getting there. I'm like, oh, my God, i got to have all this stuff ready. Like, I, I, I'm trusting this phone to get me through. My iPhone is, like, packed in my luggage. Like, this just got to get me through this afternoon, please. So I restart the phone. It, like, restarts the headphones. So then I have to, like, physically restart the headphones again. So I've now restarted the phone, restarted the headphones, end up restarting the phone again to finally connect it. And it's just, like, that's super annoying. You know what I mean? Like, what if that was like when I was trying to get into a video call at work? Like that's like 10 minutes that I've just lost and like because yep. OnePlus is buggy. And then I guess the last little bit of this issue is that like also since the OnePlus 10 came out with ColorOS and there was a lot of backlash to that design, which I'm not exactly sure why the backlash was there because it looks so similar to what OnePlus did with Android 11, but OnePlus fans are still hoping for a stock Android re- re- refocus, I guess. And OnePlus says that it's going to give it to us. It says that it's going to go back towards a stock Android design. I don't know what that means in 2022 because the Pixel launcher is so like not stock Android and stock Android looks very old nowadays. So I don't yeah. know what they're going to do. I'm assuming they're just going to stay very Oppo Color OS, but try to like reskin it a bit. But it's annoying because stop focusing on that OnePlus just let this OS like breathe for a second and just start fixing bugs. Like just all for a year, just fix bugs and give us like a stable base of software. Looks. So does this all stem from like, okay, so correct me if I'm wrong, but to my understanding, OnePlus has always been owned by Oppo. Like, is it Oppo or Oppo? Oppo, Oppo? Um, I'm not sure. And technically, I don't think it's been owned by Oppo, but it was owned by a Chinese company called BKK or that BBK. That owns both of them. Yeah, and it also owns okay. Realme and Vivo. So this is just those two companies working more closely together now, and that's kind of where all these issues are stemming from, at least to some extent? Um, yeah, some of the issues. I think the public is having issues with uh, like lack of transparency, with OnePlus just sort of like becoming Oppo and like an Oppo X5 and a OnePlus 10 Pro are pretty much exactly the same phone. They always have been, but now they're running the same software. And Got it, okay. the OnePlus phone came out in China earlier, even though like Oppo comes out in China and OnePlus was supposed to be the North American version of the brand. So they've kind of like refocused the maybe the direction OnePlus is going away from North America, it seems. Um, and then on top of that, they promised that switching to Oppo would, would help with the bugs, and it didn't at all. So the last thing that I guess I'm curious about, when OnePlus first appeared, um, yeah. Pete, I'm Pete trying, to, Carl, trying to like think out of, back a little bit. Out of the woodwork. Yeah, it, to me, it came out of nowhere, one. Two, it was like this kind of like exclusive Android phone because you needed an invite to be able to purchase it. And there's like people yeah. selling invites on like Kijiji and eBay and stuff like that. And it really became like the smartphone for smartphone enthusiasts. Like that, that's what it was, um, at least at that time. Is it still that? Like, is this still a device that like a dude who buys a new phone every year, they need the latest, greatest um, Android device? Is this still the phone that that kind of person is, is buying? Or is it going after like a totally different audience at this point? Yeah, that's kind of the issue, right? I don't know exactly what audience it's going after because I don't think it is the, you know, it's back in the day, it was like high specs for low price. And now it's yep. like 
pretty good specs competing with the best of Apple, Google, Samsung, but still below them. And, but now the price is way more equivalent. You know, you could get a Pixel 6 Pro for the same price. You could get an iPhone 13 Pro for the same price. And those are both, well, the Pixel 6 Pro has had its own fair share of bugs this year, but like I would trust either of those before I would trust OnePlus at this point. It, to be fair, it hasn't been as bad as like previous years with the Pixel. Like there's been like, yeah, but that's all totally other different podcast topic where <laughs> I sometimes yeah. feel like the Pixel is unfairly picked out of like every android phone just because of the people that are buying that like they care more about certain aspects of it so i think i agree there's a bigger microscope on it than than other devices out there like whenever Um, i see reviewers it's like they usually have yeah an iphone or a pixel or a pixel so like the type of people using it are gonna hone in on issues like granted there's been there's been like like when i reviewed more android phones at the site like the pixel 2 great phone turned into a bit of a disaster like every single one of them had like the screen burn-in issues yeah um there have been like pretty serious issues down the line, but that that's one of the things that I always come back to is like, I think in a sense, Google's kind of unfairly picked on for, for having problems with, with the pixel line compared to other manufacturers. I guess when we're talking about Google, I would say, I think that brand specifically has taken the phone for phone enthusiasts, Android enthusiasts. Yep. Like I, think I would agree. It's taken it and, or Samsung. Cause they have, you know, the 10 X zoom, you get the S pen. It's like, all the gimmicky features that I, I feel like I need a new word that's not gimmick because these features are still useful to some people, but maybe niche is like a better word. All the niche, niche features. is probably what you would want yeah. to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so those two phones have kind of stolen that original OnePlus market as far as I'm concerned, but I still think OnePlus has fans. And I think those fans are just fans of the OnePlus brand, fans of like the coolness of the phone, fans of having something different. Um, I just don't know how many of those people exist. Uh, like a little story. This is something that I just saw the other day. But um, I have a friend who does like sculptures, very like, very artsy. Um, I ended up going to a party with him that was also very artsy, like not normally my usual like crowd. I don't know. I'm just more like casually amongst bars. I don't know. It was a weird like hipster crowd, and like everyone there had pixels. Everyone. I'd never Every been in a room with that many interesting, that many random pixels. But everyone had pixels. They were using it in a video. It was like. It seems like that's the huh. phone for like hipsters and like people who don't want iPhones is the Pixel, um, but OnePlus like nobody knew about OnePlus. You know, nobody nobody knows about OnePlus, especially in Canada, in I India and China. Way different story, but in here, I'm sure it is. Yeah, I wonder if in Canada Google's finally broken through a little bit because for so long there's only really two phones, right? To a lot yeah. of people, there's like the Samsung. This, and I'm speaking like super average person. There's the Samsung phone that you walk into Rogers and buy, or you buy the latest iPhone. Yeah. Um, so maybe there's a little bit more, maybe that's something that we should be looking into as Canada's tech and mobile website, um, just to see if maybe there's more brand recognition for, for the Pixel line now that it's like on the, the Pixel 6, because it's been around for quite a while now. Yeah, I think it being around and also like a downtown Toronto, like there are ads for the Pixel 6 everywhere. Like I want to look out the window, but there, I'm pretty sure there's like a giant Simu Liu. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but Simu, uh, the guy from Marvel's latest movie. Yeah, I know you're Shang-Chi, Legend of the Ten Rings. That guy, uh, I'm pretty sure there's a giant ad of him over there by the highway holding a pixel and like the yeah, entire like construction, like all the places that have like construction walls up and they're, you know, they're usually plastered in posters of like new albums coming on stuff. There's always pixel ads on those things. There's always like pixel billboards, pixel stuff and like the windows of carrier stores, not as much. The Samsung has went to Ultra Tour, a lot of that down, but Google is still putting a very hard marketing push behind this phone and perhaps it's working. 
I don't know, I don't get YouTube ads anymore. Um, but perhaps like that's part of, you know, I could, I would not be surprised if there was a ton of pixel YouTube ads. Okay. So let's, as the last topic today, let's talk about the nothing. So they're not called the nothing earbuds. They're the nothing (laughs) ear ones. Yeah, they are. But I just have one last thing I want to say with the OnePlus. I'm being really harsh on it. If you're a OnePlus fan, I think you'll love this phone. I love it. And because of that X-Pan mode that Pat talked about and the fun camera, because I kind of hate HDR, so this phone sucks at HDR anyway. And I I, kind of love it. I don't know. I'm that weird niche OnePlus fan that I'm having trouble finding in real life. I I think I might actually be it. And I've been enjoying this phone a lot more than than I originally anticipated, mostly because of how fun the camera is. Anyway, let's talk about the nothing year ones. Yeah. They look cool. I saw them at your desk the last time that I was in the office. They look really neat. But like, I I knew that before. I remember seeing pictures of them and when nothing was doing like the very OnePlus-esque like lead up to their release with different teases and stuff like that. So high beast. So high beast. I was interested in seeing what they were like. I know it took you forever to get your hands on them. That's (laughs) why we're like six months plus late with with actually doing something on them. Um, But yeah, like... I guess just offer like a pretty brief overview of, of what they are. Like they look cool. We know that, but do they sound good? Like, could I replace the AirPods pro that I'm wearing right now with the nothing earbuds and be happy with them? Probably not. I think, um, I don't think you would replace AirPods pro and be happy. I think you could replace regular AirPods and be happy. Okay. As long as you don't really like spatial audio, there's no spatial audio there. So if you're a big spatial audio like it, but never use it. Yeah. You're on Spotify, right? So yeah, I think you'd be fine with these guys. Um, you know, compared to regular AirPods, they add noise cancellation and in-ear like silicone tip isolation, right? Like, so that's sort of a step up over the traditional AirPods, just kind of like sit them in your ears, which I think just provides like a pretty good atmosphere for playing music. In terms of actual quality, I don't think they're tuned as well. And I don't think their drivers, like the actual speakers within the headphones have as much range as what Apple's offering. Like I find with some songs, the bass can push out of it a little bit and get a little crunchy. But to be honest, these headphones are in Canada, $130, $99 in the US. And I, I think that the, they're actually kind of awesome for that price. I like them a lot. The Wait, one how, caveat, how much did you say they were? 130 bucks. 130 AirPods bucks are good. like 220. Yeah. yeah like no, regular no, 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 AirPods, AirPods are like 220. Yeah. Yeah. AirPods Max. Are, That's a decent price. Yeah, exactly. Um, I actually bought, um, so I like to think that this says more than anything it will in the review, but I bought a pair myself. So they come in two colors. Nothing sent me the white color. You actually did it. You actually I, I like them so much. I spent like a whole like four hours taking pictures of them. I was like, these are the sickest headphones ever. And I just, um, I regret not buying a pebble, a pebble round. And then that company went under and I never had a pebble round. I just have a regular pebble. I have one. I want to like roll and go find it. I think I know where it is. <laughs> no, but like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab it. Fair enough. I'll keep telling my story to the audience. Um, but yeah, I just love like this tech from these companies that might disappear. And I like have this little drawer in my house. I call it my like vintage tech, uh, not library, my vintage tech museum. So I've got a BlackBerry Key 1 in there. I've got an essential phone. I've got, um, nice. I've got my, my original Pebble in there. And then the nothing earbuds once they eventually break in a few years or who knows when, but earbuds don't last forever they'll go into that drawer and just be something that looks cool and i use for like props and videos and photo shoots um but yeah they're like i said 130 bucks 140 with tax um and they come in two colors and i was like yeah i just i'm gonna get the the black ones as well all i'm gonna do is like take pictures of them 
Alex is actually using them on her channel. She's going to do like an unboxing of them just for fun because we might as well. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those like tech items where I was like, you know what? Nothing might not be around in two years. And I'm going to be sad if I never had these headphones. So I just make me want to buy them because I love the look of them. Exactly. Right. And like the thing is, they're not that bad. So yes, they're not as good as AirPods. They don't automatically connect to all my Mac devices. Sure. And like specifically with this OnePlus, they disconnect randomly sometimes. Like not disconnect fully, but like you'll get that like brief moment. Like where the music go? Oh, there it is. Um, And I think that might be more of a OnePlus than a nothing issue because I was having, it was way more reliable when I was on iPhone. But yeah, I was just like, you know what? These are fine. I've been using them for like a week as my main buds at that point. And I've been using them as my main buds for a month at this point. And I'm just like, no real regrets. I think anyone who bought them would be happy. If you're an audiophile, they're not for you. But if you appreciate just like aesthetic tech and you just need a pair of headphones and you don't want to spend more than 200 bucks, it's a really great option, actually. I'm like, I, this is making me want to set up the Pebble again. I have, I subscribe to Rebel, which is like yeah. a home through Pebble platform that keeps updates and like certain features. Wait, that, should we clarify what Pebble is for the audience? Or do you think our listeners know? They must know. We talk about it now. We can clarify. It's super quick. It was like one of the yeah. first smartwatches to come out. We're talking like pre, pre-Apple watch, right? Like I think it was like 2012, 2013. Something like that. Like I, I remember having one and like I wrote a ton about it when I worked at Post Media. Um, there's like the, the, Came out the original of University Pebble. of the Guelph student or something. Water yeah, Eric, student, I can't say his last name. Eric Michigowski. I, I've yeah, interviewed him it was before. I can't remember how to say his last name. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, it, there was a bunch of different Pebbles that came out. There was the first one, the Pebble Time, um, the Pebble Time Round, which is the one that I have here. I think it's arguably like the coolest oh, one because it, it looks round more like a one of the coolest watch. watches to date. Period. You know what I mean? Like it's and it then had there a was the ink screen. It was beautiful. It's, it's not color. The is time it color? Is color. It is yeah. color. Yeah, you're it's right. Really, you're right. It's, it's not. Color. It's not super vibrant, but it is. No, color. you're right. Um, and then there was the Pebble Time, the Pebble Two, and then the Pebble Time Two. I think the Pebble Two came out, but the Time Two never came out because the company went under and was purchased. Not went under. It was purchased by um, Fitbit, Fitbit? Yeah. and then Fitbit in turn was purchased by by Google. So like Pebble's DNA is still out there somewhere, but it's in the, the Rohan. Time, or whatever it's called. What's that Pixel Watch? It, it could like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it actually is, but it could be. There could like, like whenever time that... out for a moment. Would you be yeah. happier if the Pixel Watch had an e-ink screen like the Pebble Time Round? Probably. Like I, I would too. The battery life would be so much better. Imagine getting like a, a actual watch that could be as good as an Apple Watch, but lasted like a week. Like I would, I don't need the smooth screen on here. I would give up the smooth screen for the always-on e-ink for sure. It was done right. I'm of two, so I'm of two minds about that. Like one, I think the Apple Watch needs a real competitor, like a Mm -hmm. really viable competitor that matches it in like nearly every sense because it's a pretty stagnant device. Like the Apple Watch is great. I love it. Wear one every day. But Apple really hasn't done a lot with it, probably for the last three generations, to be quite honest. It's still solid, still the best smartwatch out there, but like there's really not much of a reason to upgrade as long as you have the one with with the screen that's always on, which I think started with the five. Five, yeah, I think the same since then um yeah they've been um, so yeah just... i would i would love to see like an e-ink sort of like pixel watch kind of deal but i also want to see something that like can directly take on the apple watch in terms of features and look and quality yeah i think apple has proven that the watch at this point it's almost like selling xboxes where it's like not about well it is about selling the watch for them i think still but it, i think it will get to the point where it's like just get the watch on people's wrists get them into fitness plus, get them into time to walk, get them into these yeah, like auxiliary everything. like watch programs, buy like a Strava membership. And then like 
Apple just makes money off of you having a watch and being more part of the ecosystem. Like it's I think part it's part of the shift to, to services. Yeah, exactly. And I think like because Apple is defining that path so well, now is like a really good time before that path becomes too well trodden and too well defined. I think it's a really smart time for Google just to hop into the market and like walk down it as well before everyone else does. Um, yeah, back to the the nothing buds though, eh? Yeah, is there anything else that you wanted to say about them? They look cool. They're a pretty mm-hmm. good price, which I was surprised about. Um, do you think Carl Pye like actually wears them? <laughs> do you think he uses them? Does he use his own no, company's product? He doesn't. Carl Pye is definitely wearing AirPods Pros. Because you know why <laughs> I say this? Because he seems obsessed with Apple. First of all, every time he goes on and does a presentation, he seems like kind of Apple obsessed. And when they showed off the Nothing Phone, and like the Nothing Phone is in my mind Carl Pye make or Carl Pye making a phone for himself. He's like, which is cool because I think I want a phone that Carl Pay is making for himself. I think that would be a cool phone. Um, but when he showed off the Nothing Launcher, he was like, oh, it's going to, or the Nothing Phone, one of the two, he was like, oh, it's going to work well with Teslas and AirPods. And it's just like, yeah, that's because Carl has AirPods and a Tesla. So he made sure his phone is going to work well with them. Because people buying that phone are not going to, like, I'm not going to say they don't, but I'm, I will say that they likely do not own a Tesla. Or AirPods. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be huge Android enthusiasts. You know what I mean? Because yeah. nothing phone isn't going to take market share away from Apple. It's just going to take it away from OnePlus and Pixels. Yep. That's probably yep. it. Um, and the last thing I guess I'll say on that is when Carl Pay showed off the hieroglyph that is supposed to be the nothing phone, they announced that the nothing launcher was supposed to come out in April. We've got four days left. No mention of the nothing phone other than it's going to be made out of recycled aluminum and no mention of the nothing launcher. Yeah, he posted that video. Yeah, he was like, this is a nothing phone. It was just like a bunch of aluminum getting recycled. And it's like, great, Carl. Thanks, pal. Stop doing this. <laughs> just put it out. You literally had an entire event. You know, you better come down the water, a water slide in the next event. That'd be sick. That'd be sick. It'd be more entertaining than what he usually does. He just like walks out and he's like, I am... The prolific tech guy. I am Steve Jobs <laughs> reincarnated, and I am back to take on Apple. And it's like, no, you're not. You had one moderately successful company called OnePlus, and the earbuds were okay. They're pretty cool looking, but that's riding completely on the know-how of teenage engineering. If they walk away now, you guys are done so. And you haven't even put out a phone. I think overhyping it is getting you bad press, which I think their strategy might be all press is good press, but. As, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's the best for them. I'm still excited about the phone. I, I like to. See, I'm, you know, like I said, I think he's making a phone that's going to appeal to me. Um, but as a regular like consumer reporter, I'm like, yeah, this is yeah, get out of here. Just come on, put it out and let it fail, and let me get it. Let me get it in my tech drawer that I was talking about earlier. It is exciting because we. It's rare to see like a, a new manufacturer show up and yeah. release a phone. Like I think the essential phone was the last one that I can remember at least in, in recent memory that kind of yeah appeared fire phone oh yeah there's that too yeah <laughs> that, that, that uh, nightmare i was thinking about that phone recently it had like a 3d screen right like a 3ds yeah. style so yeah weird. you could like tilt it and like look within it it had like depth sensors in every corner that were very visible facebook attempted a phone at 1.2 i remember that, yeah. that um but yeah essential phone I don't know enough about it specifically. I think Essential Phone was going under, kind of on its way under, even without all the stuff that happened with Andy Rubin. But I mean, that just really drove the, the it nail didn't, home. It, it didn't it did sell as well as they yeah. wanted it to. Um, it was the first one to have a notch. That was very exciting. I remember when we got it in at the Mobile Surf office. That's what everybody was 
hyped about. Maybe maybe not the first in the world, but the first that we could get in Canada. No, it was option. super ahead of its time. I think it defined a lot of modern phone design moving forward. Yep. Okay, I, th- I think that's probably a good place to wrap it up. Yeah, I got nothing um, yeah. left. So that's it. Thanks for listening to the Syrupcast. You can find me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore Rourke and of course on mobilesyrup.com. Bennett, where can people find you? You can find me just about everywhere at the Bradfad. Um, last week, we had a video up on YouTube by our video editor, Josh. It was his first video. Really, really great one about um, Moonglow Bay kind of being a Canadian take on Animal Crossing. Just a really good, like, cozy, fun game. I think it's a really good video. Everyone should check it's out. It's on Game Pass, if you're a Game Pass subscriber. Yeah, not the video, but the, that game, Moonglow yeah, Bay. Yeah, sorry, is. the game is great. Yeah, it'd, <laughs> uh, that'd be hilarious. It'd, it'd be great if Josh's video was on Game Pass. That'd be great. You um, just download it. We should tweet Xbox to see if they'll retweet it or something. But, um... And then I should have a video about the Nothing Earbuds coming up soon. I, I'm sitting on that review still, so I took all the photos on a white table, and they're white buds, and the white balance like changed every time a little bit because I forgot to set it. I left it on auto, and I'm just like, I've got like 20 photos, and I've just been like scared to dive back in and white balance them all because they had to be so precise because everything has to be like stark white kind of thing. That's literally every photo that I ever take. Oh I yeah, you do that every- because I have I have a white table and. I'm too and like I don't a, say I'm a gray too... wall and the yeah. white and the nano leaves like anything that's white in the frame might throw off the balance a little bit if it just picks up the wrong shade. Yeah, and I don't want to like I, I always just use auto because I I found like even with my new camera that I get better results than picking whatever form of light is available because it's always a mix. Like I have windows here, but then I yeah. have like like a just a regular bulb above me, and then like sometimes I'll have my like ring light on. So I just always leave it on auto. But mm-hmm. every single photo I have to sit there and like kind of eyeball the the white balance i was really bad at it before i think i I think i've gotten better with the last couple of reviews but sometimes like i agree sometimes it feels like way too intimidating like i don't want to sit here like moving the little dial back and forth forever until i find the right spot the part that's stressing me out is because it's a review well and you've been you know what i'm talking about because it's a review there's like so many photos yeah and i like it's like if you look at each one individually you're like oh yeah that's fine it looks white but then when you look at them beside each other because white is so specific it's like now that one has a little bit of magenta. Yeah, that one has a little bit of green. And they're supposed to like, if you scroll from one to the other, you can see so both hard. on screen at the same time. And then you notice like, ah, no, <laughs> you know, but anything. But yeah, that's written. Once those photos get done, I also have a little mic test video. So hopefully that will go up at some point. And then I'm working on the OnePlus video, but it's heavily camera focused. Um, and that will hopefully come out at some point. I don't know. I've done the A roll of it. And Alex walked me halfway to work this morning and shot a bunch of B roll. So ideally we'll get it out soon too. Nice. And as always, you can find all of our content on mobilesyrup.com and also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at at mobilesyrup. Thanks for listening and watching. Peace. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm hmm. 